Delicious meets nutritious in the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios. Each one-ounce serving of wonderful pistachios has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value and making wonderful pistachios one of the highest protein nuts. But perhaps more than that, I love all of the flavors they have. Their sea salt and vinegar ones are my favorite when I'm craving that flavor but want to keep it healthy. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Wonderful pistachios come in a variety of flavors, like chili roasted, honey roasted, smoky barbecue, and jalapeno lime, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. So fill up with a healthy snack when hunger strikes. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. That's wonderfulpistachios.com. This is Optimal Health Daily, episode 2233. Am I losing fat or muscle? By Christian Finn of muscleevo.net. And I'm Dr. Neil, your host and narrator. Welcome back to another episode of Optimal Health Daily. This is where I read to you from some of the best fitness and nutrition blogs on the web, kind of like an ongoing audiobook. And with that, let's get right to the post for today as we optimize your life. Am I Losing Fat or Muscle? By Christian Finn of MuscleEvo.net One of my readers wrote, quote, I've been using a body fat scale to let me know if I'm losing fat or muscle, but I'm not sure how much I can trust it as the results seem to vary wildly. How can I be sure that I'm losing fat rather than muscle? End quote. The honest answer is that you can't, not with any degree of accuracy anyway. Body fat scales are largely a waste of time. Skinfold calipers can be useful in some circumstances, but even they have their problems. Even high-tech methods like DEXA, and underwater weighing can't be trusted at times. Tracking changes in waist size can be useful, but it's a method that also has a few limitations. For example, some people find it difficult to get the tape measure in the exact same position from one week to the next. Using some kind of anatomical reference point, such as your belly button, can make it easier to get a consistent reading. But if you're carrying a lot of abdominal fat, the belly button will often point downwards which makes waist circumference very difficult to measure. As fat is lost, the angle of your belly button is going to change, which has the potential to skew the results. Even just a small change in the amount of tension applied to the tape measure can affect the accuracy of the results. So, what are you supposed to do? Rather than spending a bunch of money on expensive body fat tests, I think you're much better off using two simple metrics, your weight on the scales and your performance in the gym. Scale weight. The argument against using your scale weight to track your progress is that any loss in fat will be offset by a gain in muscle. That is, if you lose 5 pounds of fat and gain 4 pounds of muscle, the scales will show that you've only lost 1 pound in weight. While the theory sounds good, it doesn't always work that way in practice. Once you've moved past the overweight beginner stages of training, you won't be building muscle at anything like the same speed at which you're losing fat. While you can lose fat and gain muscle at the same time, you won't do so at the same rate. The best that most people can hope for is to gain a relatively small amount of muscle while losing a much larger amount of fat. For example, you might lose six pounds in weight 
over the course of a month. In reality, you might have lost seven pounds of fat and gained one pound of muscle. While the scales aren't a completely accurate way to track your progress, they will tell you if you're moving in the right direction. I also recommend that you weigh yourself every day rather than every week or every month. Some advise against the practice of weighing yourself daily, mainly on the basis that your weight fluctuates from day to day. But when you think about it, this is really an argument in favor of daily weighing. Let's say you weigh yourself once a week and that you stepped on the scales first thing this morning. Let's also assume that the scales show that you're one pound lighter than you were last week. Great, you think to yourself, things are moving in the right direction. But are they really? How do you know that today isn't one of those days when your weight happened to fluctuate downwards? And that if you weighed yourself again tomorrow morning, it won't have shifted upwards again? A single weekly data point isn't particularly useful when it comes to guiding your decisions about what to eat and how to exercise. So instead of weighing yourself once a week, weigh yourself every day. Then take an average at the end of the week. Any daily fluctuation in weight will be averaged out over time. Over a period of several weeks, you'll be able to see a trend. If the trend isn't downwards, you'll know that some aspect of your diet and training program needs to change. Performance levels. Provided your training program is set up properly, your performance in the gym is also a good way to gauge your progress. When you cut back on your carbohydrate intake, it's not unusual to see some kind of decline in performance during certain types of exercise. Your performance in this lower glycogen state then serves as a benchmark against which to track your results. If your performance in the gym is improving, there's a good chance that, at the very least, you're holding on to the muscle you have. And by an improvement in performance, I'm talking about doing more reps with the same weight or lifting a heavier weight for the same number of reps. Muscle size and strength are not 100% correlated, and there are other factors, such as your nervous system, doing a better job of using the available fibers in a given muscle that contribute to gains in strength. But for our purposes, the link is strong enough. If you're gaining strength, you're on the right track. Even just maintaining your performance in the gym while losing weight is a good sign that what you're doing is working. Someone who is very overweight and new to lifting weights will find it relatively easy to gain strength while dropping fat. As you get leaner, the rate at which you gain strength will slow down. Eventually, you'll reach the point where the best you can hope for is to simply maintain your strength. It's not uncommon for competitive bodybuilders to lose strength in preparation for a contest. What this means is that you'll need to modify your expectations as your body composition changes. All other things being equal, you'll find it easier to gain strength while losing fat when you're going from overweight to lean than you will going from lean to ripped. That doesn't mean you should stop trying to get stronger, but it's not something you should necessarily expect, especially once you've moved past the beginner stages of training. Tracking your weight on the scales and your strength levels in the gym is not a particularly accurate way to quantify actual changes in body composition, but it will tell you if you're on the right track and moving in the right direction. Most of the time, that's all you really need to know. You just listened to the post titled, Am I Losing Fat or Muscle? by Christian Finn of MuscleEvo.net. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors 
and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it filters out incompatible applicants. So when you're hiring, the process is much faster and you only have to consider applicants that are already likely to be a great fit. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com health. Just go to indeed.com health right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com health. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Dr. Neil here for my commentary. A common question I get is about plateauing, meaning you might find that your training isn't progressing as quickly or that after losing weight consistently for weeks, that weight loss seemed to have magically stopped. Well, today's author, Christian, provides a very nice explanation for not only why this might happen, but how to break through it. Didn't catch how to break through the plateau? It was subtle, I know. Christian said, first, Modify your expectations, meaning think about how quickly you expect to lose weight, gain strength, or whatever your goals are. Sometimes we have to modify those expectations because the body has to catch up. Second, don't stop trying. Keep going. Stay the course and the results will follow. It just may take a little longer than you expected. All right, that'll do it for today. I hope you have a great rest of your day and I'll see you back here tomorrow with another post and where your optimal life awaits.